part of this you just don't get, huh? Lord, let me know if you got us. Preaching about profit. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. Bow down to a goddess. It ain't no one man can stop us. Bow down to the goddess. Goddess, got it? Hello and welcome to the Strong Women Power Half Hour, your podcast to empower, support, encourage, and guide you while opening up your beautiful woman heart and mind. It is so lovely to have you here with us today. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you're a long-time listener, thanks for coming back. Thanks for the shares. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. Uh, this has been a wonderful journey. Um, I don't even know if, if this is podcast 20 or 21 here, but um, this is a wonderful thing that uh, I love doing. Um, I love getting the ideas together. I love getting uh, listening to people and what they want to hear about. So this is a, a podcast. This is a labor of love, and I hope that you guys can hear that in the topics, in what we discuss, and, and uh, everything that goes along with this radio show and podcast. Of course, I am your host, Kelly Hickey. I am uh, the director uh, of Strong Women Co. I'm a women's empowerment specialist. And uh, Strong Women Co., uh, and I'll put the links in the show notes this week, it's a multi-service business that helps empower women through one-on-one programs, workshops, posts, videos, um, empowerment jewelry even, uh, and much, much more. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I'll put those in the show notes too. And if you're looking for a free online tribe, a free place where you can come and uh, get support, encouragement, inspiration, motivation, even information, uh, there's a, a hub we have from women all over the world at the Strong Women Co. Tribe. I'll put that link in the notes as well. So come on down, find your tribe uh, and, and maybe meet a friend online. I've gotten so much out of the tribe. In fact, I actually even got the topic for this podcast. I threw it out last night because I was kind of going back and forth, uh, trying to decide what podcast topic to do. I threw it out and then actually a phenomenal podcast topic came up, which of course is healthy boundaries. Oh, such a good topic. Can't wait to get into that with you. Uh, before our, uh, we do our breaths, though, just want to mention that we do have uh, starting next week. I'll be opening up my three-month empowerment program. I'm looking for my new set of cohorts. I love working one-on-one with women and I love doing it in three-month chunks too because there's a lot that can happen. There's so much that can change, so much support and encouragement and you know even just thinking about like learning about your cycles and learning about um, yourself. And if you are looking for help reaching any professional or business milestones or personal goals, so I've had clients that, um, you know, wanted help going through renovations, wanted help um, in different kinds of going from promotion. I've got um, a clients that have wanted to hit certain business milestones, um, like, you know, different sales things, uh, different uh, programs. So it, it's always a joy to, to, for me to help those women on their path. This program is helpful for folks who want a, uh, a lot of encouragement, support, and accountability on their journey. And besides goals, we deal with everything from increasing positive self-talk, focusing on your strengths, recognizing your cycles, like I mentioned, and that includes energy, creative, and self-sabotage cycles, and more, because us women, we all have self-sabotage cycles. That's one thing I've, I've learned. We're working so with so many amazing women. 
as we learn about increasing your confidences, prioritizing your self-care, increasing your self-love, and much more. Uh, this also program also includes a life script, which is a session with your very own NLP, which is a neurolinguistic program script. I went and did a training specifically um, in how to learn how to do this, which is uh, I read this script three times. Uh, it's specifically written for you. And um, uh, I read it to you three times for your body, mind, spirit to kind of open to the future that your heart wants. And sometimes we need we need that kind of help to open up ourselves to even go after our dreams, to, to see the possibility, you know, like that all of our dreams are true. Um, and this program also includes a personalized art piece that I do uh, to help you with your journey after our three months are up. Because that's how I feel. I feel I when I'm it's almost like part of your loot bag when you leave. It's like, I want to help you on your journey. I want to help you on your path. Um, and so after our work together, I, I come up with um, uh, an affirmation or a mantra or, you know, um, uh, uh, even a proverb that I think will, you know, you can hang on your wall and it will help you move you through. And that's actually one of my favorite parts of uh, doing this because it's uh, working with my hands and my creativity and just helping in that kind of unique way. So, uh, yeah, I love, I love working at the one-on-one. I had a great week this week. Um, I did a, I held a springtime spring cleaning meditation, uh, session. Um, that was so wonderful. I do this every year. This is my fourth or fifth year doing this. And it's almost like an indication for me that spring is spring is air. Um, and due to the requests from folks online who couldn't make it in person, I will be recording that meditation and putting it with worksheets and putting it on a kit on strongwomanco.com. But I'll let you know when that happens. But of course, follow us on Facebook and Instagram because that's the folks who will know uh, first when all that pops up. And the spring cleaning meditation is really about cleaning out the old cobwebs in your brain, your mind, your psyche, and um, and just cleaning it out and allowing and letting air throw flow through it and and uh allowing for the to shake off the winter and move forward in this beautiful season that is spring so um that's a wonderful thing that's coming on up so with that being said let's take our usual three breaths to collect ourselves before we go into the main topic of the show um we're going to, if you're driving, keep your eyes open. If you can close your eyes, you can just close your eyes and straighten your spine. Put your shoulders away from your ears. Relax your jaw. Relax the space between your eyes. Just imagine gathering up your whole self. Any kind of traces of energy you've left elsewhere. Any kind of to-do list you have going on in your head just just let, let that go for a moment bring your whole self in and we're going to take three nice breaths together in through the nose and then out through the mouth so nice and gentle for the first one we're breathing in through the nose go right ahead hold and then out through the mouth <sighs> Breathe, breathe normally just for a moment. How did that feel? Now for the second breath, notice the cool air going in through your nose. And when we let it out through our mouths, let's let it out with a sigh. So in we go through the nose. Nice cool air. Refreshing. Hold. And out with a sigh. <sighs> All right, one more. 
We're going to fill up our lungs the most we can comfortably do now. So breathing in through your nose, filling up those beautiful lungs with oxygen. Hold for a moment. Let it out with a big sigh. <sighs> oh, I always feel so much better after that. All right, let's do this. All right, the topic of the show, healthy boundaries. Thanks to Jill in the tribe for suggesting this one. Ooh, what a good topic, hey, healthy boundaries. And I specifically kind of left it open. I didn't say setting healthy boundaries or maintaining healthy boundaries because I think we need to we need a conversation around healthy boundaries that's not just about setting them. Uh, we need to talk about what they are. We need to talk about why they're so hard. We need to talk about the history or lack thereof of them. So let's dig on in. So who out there has heard of uh, Dr. Brené Brown? Of course, she has done, um, I think I was introduced to her first when she did her famous uh, TED Talk on vulnerability. I highly, highly recommend uh, checking her out um, if you haven't, don't know of her. Um, But she's done done a lot of work. She's kind of like got this really super scientific brain. And then um, through gathering so much data about just people, she started to realize the, you know, inherent value of things like vulnerability uh, and empathy and compassion. And and she really, she works very hard to understand um, the concepts and underlying feelings and and the the benefits and everything that go along with that. So in her book, uh, 2015 book, rising strong uh there's a lot of great things in that book but particularly she talks about healthy boundaries and she defines them and this is like okay what are healthy boundaries and there's tons of different ways people define them but i do like the way brene brown talks about it she says uh, healthy boundaries are simply lists of what's okay and what's not and when you think about it that way it's like okay this is okay with me this isn't okay with me like that gets that's really really black and white um uh, for the most part it's an easy kind of uh, way for us to understand it at least the concept um but when we're talking about healthy boundaries um you know uh if we're talking there's also healthy boundaries for yourself within yourself so we can have healthy boundaries when it comes to things like our health with the food we choose to eat uh with our exercise with our self-care these are all amazing uh areas to go in and to have healthy boundaries and I will say, like, for, for the most part, healthy boundaries, particularly when it comes to kind of like yourself and your self-care, it's kind of a moving target, you know, because we do have so much on the go. And often with my own personal healthy boundaries around my self-care, it's sometimes it gets to the point where um, it gets to the point of unhealthiness that I'm like, oh, sugar, <laughs> this is unhealthy. I have to take a step back. So sometimes you don't even know that you're, you've left a healthy boundary that you've set for yourself until you've, you know, crossed that line. And that's okay. That's totally okay. Um, often that is the lesson, right? Uh, that is the kind of the canary in the, in the mind that's like, excuse me. <laughs> My body's like, excuse me, I'm really tired. I'm freaking out here. Or, or um, you know, uh, you haven't given me enough water today or you haven't moved me enough. But that's just kinds of the things about my body. Other things, of course, having healthy boundaries around your own mental health and your own emotional health. Those are huge. Uh, and uh, going back to Brene's uh, definition of 
you know, regarding your emotional health, your mental health, the what's okay and what's not okay. Um, and, you know, I think, I think these are things that we're getting better at as a society. We're getting better at as women, but they are still pretty new concepts, right? Like it's not like our mothers um, sat around talking about healthy boundaries. <laughs> it's not like our mothers had a podcast to listen to where they could learn about healthy boundaries, right? So we're in this age of information and, and we're, we're gathering so much of it and we're trying to compute it and process it. And one of the things that has come up is healthy boundaries are critical for happiness, for um, independence, for, um, you know, lack of codependence. Um, and that kind of brings me to the next piece of the healthy boundaries, which I think, I think this is kind of what a lot of people talk about when they talk about healthy boundaries. They talk about healthy boundaries when it comes to other people. At least that's what I get a lot of with my clients and friends and even myself when I think of healthy boundaries. I think about it kind of like mostly uh, about other people and a way to think about healthy boundaries in that way is a clear place where you end and another person begins. And, you know, uh, I think that that is, that is kind of hard for us as women because uh, we are, have been taught that our value and identity are tied to the relationship of others. And um, it's, it's kind of like literally brand new. <laughs> uh, thinking about ways of having healthy boundaries or saying no, saying no, this isn't okay with me. Um, and that is an example of a healthy boundary is saying no. So saying no to something you do not want to do. Um, or acknowledging that you need or can't handle, uh, acknowledging what you need or, or what you can't handle and supporting that reality. So one of the things I wanted to make sure I include in this podcast is actual examples of how I have uh, used healthy boundaries in my life, because I think that this, those healthy, uh, those, those actual examples are, are what's most helpful for this concept that's kind of like, you know, out, uh, up in outer space in a lot of ways, because we don't have anything grounded in what healthy boundaries is. And why is that? Well, we can think back on um, even just a generation ago, but especially if you go two generations ago, and most of us were living in rural places um, uh, that weren't connected to the rest of the world, and we had extremely limited options uh, of where we could live, how we could, you know, feed and clothe ourselves and uh, everything that goes along with that. And we really, really needed our families and our communities uh, to live, to survive. So that meant that even when people were cruel or abusive uh, to us, that we couldn't get away, right? Like, where are you going to go? <laughs> uh, of course, some people uh, bit the bullet and, 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 and uh, traveled on out, and God love those explorers. But for the most part, there, that really wasn't much of an option, particularly for women who, you know, we were socially conditioned to uh, marry young and have kids young, and then all of a sudden, we realized that, oh, this isn't the life, I don't have any options. Uh, so it, it, it's, it, this whole healthy boundaries thing is relatively new because of, you know, our education, because of how much more we can move uh, in this world, and because of this kind of reality of what feminism has allowed women to do is um, honor their, their own selves and honor our own stories and honor our own feelings. And honoring our own feelings, I feel like, my goodness, it, I, as a, as a social conscious, I've been doing it for 10 or 20 years, it's gonna, I feel like it hasn't been a, a long, long time. Obviously, women have been doing that before, but 
I'm talking about like in a critical mass kind of way. So that's one of the reasons why healthy boundaries are so difficult is we don't really have a, a firm grasp of even of what they are. Uh, but one example is to say no. Um, and uh, I was talking about this to a friend, Arena. Shout out to Arena. Um, and we were talking about uh, just just finding those healthy boundaries to say no after having a bad experience with someone or, or what have you. And I even talked to her about how um, at different places in my awakening, and I say in my awakening to awakening to myself, awakening to my strength, awakening to my spirit. I, I at different times. I mean, I'm an extrovert. But when I'm going through times, and if those times were huge growth times, or even if they were really challenging times, I often don't have the energy uh, to be around big groups of people. And I mentioned to her, because uh, we were talking about this back and forth, and uh, I said that I had to have that healthy boundary once when a good friend of mine was coming back in town. And, you know, I was really looking forward to talking to her because she was on her own awakening journey. And we had a tea planned. Uh, and I was super excited. And then she mentioned that, oh, I, I, can we, can so-and-so and so-and-so come along? Uh, and then it came to this big group thing. Uh, she's like, because they can't see me at any time, which I understood and respected. And I was like, that's totally cool. You know, you're, you're stretched thin when you come home. And then I, um, I had to say to her, I had to make up that healthy, I had to set that healthy boundary of like, uh, I can only do one-on-ones right now uh, because I also knew those people that were coming and nothing against them, but I just just did not have the capacity to deal with them and their kind of um, uh, what they were bringing. And I felt sad, but uh, I wasn't going to get to see my friend. Um, but uh, it, I felt I felt good for having that that integrity with myself to be like, no, if I go, I'm going to be drained. I'm not going to have a good time. I'm going to be sitting there wishing I wasn't there the whole time. You know, so it was just one of those times to say no. So that's having a healthy boundary for yourself. And with that, having a healthy boundary for yourself builds trust with yourself. It builds integrity so that you know that you are going to take care of you. And there's so much strength in that uh but you know boundaries uh can be hard when you want to be liked or when you are a pleaser or you've been hell-bent on being you know easy to get along with or you know if you've just been kind of the pleaser in your family these these can be extremely hard uh but when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable we feel often used or mistreated and then resentment builds and I can think this a lot, um, and I, I hadn't decided exactly how much self-disclosure I'll give in this uh, pod, but I guess I guess it'll come out when it comes out. But um, I, I thought that a lot about this in my mother, and uh, she would talk about, and she, this was what she'd say all, all the time, and, and she's an example of not having healthy boundaries, is she would say, I give and I give and I give and I give and I give, and I get nothing back, right? And, and um, that was kind of how she saw the world. And um, I have to say that that mentality then, you know, of course, was um, uh, implanted in me. And I was like that for a long time. And I was the person, particularly thinking about like female friends, um, you know, on through high school uh, into, into my early 20s, I would, I would give and I give. And I'm a really giving person. I'm a really loving person. And I'm really thoughtful. And like, but the, all those things actually bring me joy. It is or almost selfish because like like I, I'm giving and I'm thoughtful because, you know, thinking of other people and connecting in that way. I'm a Libra. We're big in the relationships. That was that it made me feel good. But that was kind of a lie I was telling myself because, yes, it made me feel good. But then when other people didn't reciprocate, then I would start to feel used or mistreated or resentment would build. And, you know, um, 
I got into kind of like this, this unhealthy pattern of giving, 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 resenting, resenting, resenting. And uh, I didn't really know that there was another way to, to exist until, you know, kind of my own awakening and taking responsibility for my own life and realizing what patterns I needed to break to have the happiness and the peace and the healthy relationships and the healthy boundaries I wanted and needed to have to be the person I wanted and needed to have. And this is what the, the uh, there's a line, there's a, a piece of advice or knowledge that um, has stayed with me that I that changed it all for me. And here it is. This is the reality. You teach people how to treat you. I'm going to say that again. You teach people how to treat you. And so when in this situation with me and my friends, when I was younger, um, I was teaching them that I would give and give and give and give and that they didn't have to give in return. Um, and then that was the dynamic that was set up. And um, it's, it's the reality is too, you know, instead of um, putting up those boundaries or having those hard talks or just looking at my own behavioral patterns to see who and what I was attracting to myself, um, being disappointed is often easier than setting boundaries. I'll say that again. Being disappointed is often easier than setting boundaries. And, and wh why is that? Right. Um, because uh, if we do set boundaries, there's fears in there, isn't there? Like not only do we not have a clear, there, there's not many clear examples of how to set those boundaries that produce trust in yourself and integrity in yourself and, and a feeling of safety and, and um, you know, self-care. But there's also these fears of how other people will react. Fears of potential confrontation, potential abandonment. Maybe there's even going to be a possible explosion uh, if you if you put up this this uh, boundary. Uh, there's also the fear of hurting uh, the other person. And when I was writing this out, I, I, I took to Instagram because I think there's so many different uh, memes going around on this boundary issue now. And I'm really excited about it but because it is so new. But I feel like a lot of us are sinking our teeth into this. It's like, oh, no, this is something I need. And um, uh, this is the, I found, I found the memo, I'm going to post it on the Instagram later. It says, uh, the only people who get upset when you set boundaries are those who benefited from when you had none, right? <laughs> so, so true, right? Um, so it, you know, and also uh, accountability feels like an attack. So, so if you are, you know, setting a boundary with a friend saying, I don't like it when you say this, or, um, you know, um, I would appreciate it if, um, you know, you pulled your weight on uh, the, the, this emotional labor issue, uh, often something, this is something that we have to kind of think about and talk about with women, but, as women. Um, but accountability can feel like an attack when you're not ready to acknowledge how your behavior harms others. So there's, there's a lot going on there, right? And like, we're all in our own crap. And um, often we are wounded people, wounding other people. And like, this is literally how, this is, this is a huge, like species changing reality for us to put up our healthy boundaries and say, no, um, you, you are doing you and for various reasons, but this isn't okay. You can act now accordingly. 
And so I, I have to, I'll, I want to give a couple of uh, examples of times when I had to set up my own healthy boundaries. Um, and I have to say healthy boundaries for me, for the most part, are uh, a little easier than most people because of just my personality. Like um, what was what used to be called when I was younger is my moral compass. I've been pretty black and white of this is right, this is wrong. Um, the only time it has been hard is when uh, dealing with... Um, um, not the only time, but thing that the time that's coming to my mind the most is dealing with my parents um, and their kind of trainings of me and how tangly that has been. But I, I, I will say, you know, um, coming up with self-disclosure and part of um, feminist work and feminist research and feminist healing is about self-disclosure, which is mean give actual real life examples uh, of yourself so that we can see the commonalities and see that we are lateral and we are, we have more commonalities than we do differences. But um, one of my examples of um, my healthy boundaries uh, that I was super proud of was uh, so I had a, an extremely um, difficult relationship, uh, particularly with uh, my mother and um, was tried for many, many, many years, decades to, to have a healthy relationship. Uh, it just, it just, we would fall into the same patterns and she would go into the victim mentality and the blaming. And, and um, I knew, you know, I had so much pressure and, and, and heart's desires to have a healthy relationship with her, but I, I just knew we couldn't do it on our own. And so I said to her numerous, many, many, many times about, you know, like I would love to have a relationship with you, but we need to do it in family counseling. We need to help break those patterns uh, because we just can't do it on our own. Like time and time again, we've tried, we can't break these patterns on our own, we need help. And that was me drawing a line in the sand. And that was me saying, um, this is my healthy boundary of like, yes, I would like to move forward, but um, uh, I we need, this is, this is my, um, uh, I don't know, what's the word? This, this needs to, for it to occur for me to show up, for me to feel safe. And the reality is, um, she just never wanted to do it, you know, and she never, uh, I, I can't even tell you how many times I asked, requested, begged, plead, and she just never did. And um, uh, so it was extremely difficult and extremely challenging to continue to um, hold that healthy boundary, but it was extremely important for me to do so. Um, and, you know, I I've put a lot of thought into it. I came up with that healthy boundary and talked to therapists and healers and counselors about it and it's something I, I still feel strongly uh, enough to this day because I, I can go back to um, you know the only people who are get upset when you set boundaries are those who benefited when you have none so I think that's a good example um, of that uh, another personal example of me setting boundaries was um, yesterday um, my wonderful amazing uh beautiful feminist husband justin shout out to that man um and he's so supportive and encouraging um but he's also human and um so we were actually working on the website strongwomenco.com yesterday and um uh, he's learning it i've kind of been teaching him and and um he's been doing uh things so that i could be freed up to do other things with the business so he was trying to handle the website and we were beside each other just working out some things and he was just not understanding me. Um, I was saying, I was like, no, we'll just take this image and put it in here. You can just insert into the word, you know. And he had been very frustrated with something on the website um, for, I don't know, 20 minutes before, just trying to figure it out. And then, um, you know, I was trying to explain, we were just not understanding each other. And um, he spoke to me and, and said in kind of like this really um, condescending tone, like he says to me, 
clearly you don't know what you're talking about, right? And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, like we're friends, we're being cool, like, you know. And he'd, he'd send a, a watered down version of that just a minute before and I let it go. Because I was like, okay, once he's frustrated, once I'll let it go. Oh, second time it occurred, I was like, hang on there now. Nope. Nope. You don't talk to me like that. Nope. That's not something I'm putting up with. Uh, that's not a fair tone. And, um, uh, you know, he had major resistance to even, he's like, okay, we'll just move forward. It's like, no, <laughs> we're, I need you to look me in the face and you need to see that this was upsetting to me for you to speak down to me like that. Who, when, when, in any other professional situation, we're supposed to be working on this website together. In what other professional situation would you ever speak down and say, well, clearly you don't even know what you're talking about. Like when? And, uh, you know, it, it was, he had hard resistance up, I tell you. And then I was just like, not budging. I was like, no, you need to, like, this is not okay. There's nothing okay about it. You can't speak to me like this. And, um, you know, eventually I think he got to the point where he was like, oh, ah, I, you know, and he, he had his resistance up of like, there was nothing wrong. I was like, excuse me, no, I'm telling you <laughs> there's nothing wrong. And also when have you ever known me to not know what I'm talking about? <laughs> And it just ended up being just a, a clear misunderstanding and the thing I was talking about was totally possible, obviously. And uh, anyway, so that was, a, I, I did feel good about that. Like um, that, you know, it was, a, I could have just let it go. I could have avoided, you know, a uncomfortable 10 minutes of resistance of him um, continuing on. And then I would have been like, what is that noise? And then, and then I would have been, um, um, frustrated and uh, resentful and uh, kind of hating on myself for letting him go on with that. And then then it could have even like bled into another days and then I could have exploded at him for something stupid like, I don't know, like getting almond butter everywhere or something. So I was really trying to like walk the walk and, and, and have these healthy boundaries of, no, there are certain things, going back to Brene's, uh Brown's example, there are simply lists of what's okay and what's not. And speaking down to me, speaking in a condescending tone, um, not okay. Uh, it's not okay for anyone. It's certainly not okay for my husband, partner, best friend. And it's certainly not okay as I'm like sitting next to him and we're working, you know, doing, being professional partners as well as, um, you know, life partners. And I did feel good about it. I felt great about how he came around. I Like we were closer afterwards because of it. And he was just, you know, he was saying, sorry, I was just frustrated, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, and it'll never happen again. <laughs> so I kept saying, I was like, and it won't happen again. And I mean, it might happen again. Jesus, you know, we got 30, 40 years for sure. But at least, you know, there'll be the effort, the acknowledgement, the consciousness to not let it happen again. Another time I had to uh, demonstrate a healthy boundary with, uh, and I've had to do this a lot in workplaces. And I think women often do. We're saddled with a lot of work. We're saddled with a lot of work that is on promotable work, <laughs> you know, like the work of, organizing events and making sure the office, um, you know, kitchen is stocked and, you know, the paperwork or the chasing after people to I don't know, pay the 20 bucks for the present, the, the retirement prize or whatever it is. We're saddled with all of this work, right? And so it's extremely difficult for women in general uh, to say no, uh, given how we have been socialized, given uh, just the, um, you know, human conditioning of, of the patriarchy and misogyny and everything that's come up with that and how, honestly, women have only been in the workforce in a critical mass for about 
50, 60 years. So we're often taking on, you know, the crap work. So it is hard for us to say no. So I want to acknowledge that um, and, and uh, acknowledge that in some fields it's even harder than others. For example, I've been in a lot of male-dominated fields. And saying no <laughs> to things you were not comfortable with is not necessarily easy. When I was working at the Carpenters Union and I was the first female business agent and organizer for um, Newfoundland and Labrador's Carpenters Union here, and I would do things that I would felt uncomfortable with, like knocking on strange men's door uh, after it, after supper to try to get them to join the union. Um, and I would do that on my own because all the other guys did that on their own, uh, even though I didn't feel safe because it's not safe. You're not, <laughs> not safe as a young woman uh, going into a strange man's house. Um, but I didn't I didn't have my my strength within me enough to say, hey, I need someone to do this with me, you know? Um, that was a younger version of myself that I look back and I'm like, oh girl, girl, you put yourself, you know, in danger and in stress needlessly, but it was a lesson that I learned. Another lesson while I was in the Carpenters Union, uh, and this was this was a big one, and it had it had a lot of consequences, and that's, that's the reality we gotta face is um, often putting up healthy boundaries has consequences and you know it has consequences either way it has consequences if you don't put up the healthy boundaries and there's consequences if you do so um uh one of the things uh i was i was working with a very problematic for the most part my uh co-workers at the carpenters union were amazing and supportive and we had a laugh and we got good work done um and even though i was like 25 years younger than um the uh, the most of the um men there and the only woman i was the only woman but there's this one uh, problematic person in particular um, who was supposed to be retiring, and um, uh, he was just problematic for a lot of people. I had been warned about him, you know, always, oh, you know, really old school, and um, I had um, talked to the union lawyer about how, like, when he's around, I can't even get the same kind of work done because he's always bugging me and, and um, you know, being nosy about what I'm into and just trying to tell me what to do. And so, um, you know, I just kind of, but I, but I understood I was the first woman uh, to do this, um, that, you know, you tread lightly, you know, you, you, what was it I say? Walk lightly and carry a machete is how I feel now. But um, there was a one day in particular that he was, he had been pushing me and pushing me. And I'm like, you know, I'm cool and I can take a joke. And like, you know, I worked in a kit in restaurants for years. So I got like a potty mouth, like you wouldn't believe it, it, in the right circumstance, right? Like, um, I, I believe, you know, there's nothing sacred and all jokes are fine as long as they don't, uh, not as long as they're not rape jokes, uh, pedophilia jokes or beating women jokes. Like besides that, I'm pretty good. And, um, but anyway, so uh, we were just like, you know, talking or whatever. And um, I, I said something about something that needed to be done, right, that we had to do when we were a team. And then he came over to me and he said, how did you know about that? And, and I was like, um, I, I don't know, I heard. And he said, you are a nosy little bitch, aren't you? <laughs> and there'd been so many tests of my boundaries up to that point. And like I'd, I'd struggled and um, tried to deal with it. And, but, um, uh, when he said that, I was like, there was something, there was a click. Nope. No, can't, can't let that go, Kelly. You can't let that go. And then, so he said it. And so then like, I was like, no, no. I was like, you know, I won't use his name. Well, I'll, I'll just call him. I don't know. Steve, not his name. I, Steve, I stood up from, cause he was standing over me and he's like, you're a nosy little bitch with his finger in my face. And I stood up and I, I, I said, nah, you can't. You can't call me a bitch to my face. 
right? You just can't. And then uh, he was like, "Why you can't take a joke, blah, blah, blah. And then like he, he went, because I just challenged him in that kind of very simple, simple way, he lost it. And he started um, uh, just generally freaking out, um, uh, was yelling and screaming and almost hitting me, like his hands were coming super close. And um, uh, I was like, this is done. This is done. This conversation is over. And he was all, no, this conversation is over when I say it's over. And wouldn't let, he barred the door and wouldn't let me leave my office. He was going on and on about um, how um, uh, you're always burning your bra and blah, 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 which I like, you got to trust me. Like I was so non-feminine in that role because just, just the, just the learning the ropes and fitting in, like it was, there was no feminism coming out of me. Uh, well, not, not, I guess there's always feminism coming out of me, but there was like, I was, I, it was just such a watered down version. Like it, I would never bring it up even. And so anyway, so then I had to for, uh, file a complaint and, uh, actually the union lawyer had heard the whole thing. Interestingly, he didn't come in to stop it, but that's understand what I understand now about the bro culture. Uh, and also that most people are cowards. Um, but, uh, that, um, I had to fill out my, uh, a complaint which was extremely hard and anytime anyone fills out a complaint like and I used to also be an executive officer for the faculty union at Mon, and um, you know people were coming in and saying they want to file grievances it's like sure I understand but filing a complaint there's there's personal and professional costs like this is a healthy boundary if you feel that you have been wrong absolutely I want to help you but let's look at uh, the costs of it as well and, and there was cost. There was personal cost for me to standing up and filing the complaint because the women in, who worked in the office for the union uh, stopped talking to me. <laughs> and I was, I had to give them direction for a lot of things and they had just kind of, uh, it was extremely chilly, chilly office. Uh, I was told that I just didn't get um, Steve, not his name. And that was just Steve being Steve. Right, I was supposed to allow that bad behavior, and when he came back, the union president did handle it well. I'll totally give him that. Uh, shout out Gus Doyle. Uh, he handled that part well, anyway. And so Steve, not his name, was um, uh, put on two weeks um, suspension, and when he came back, everyone asked him how his vacation was. So it's not that these healthy boundaries weren't difficult it's not like they weren't challenging but uh they they were really important and looking back and I haven't talked about those experiences in a long time like years and just just it just kind of came out of me here now recording but looking back I those that healthy boundary that I put up of and he seems so simple right hey coworker, you can't call me a bitch to my face but that was such an important important um piece of my own identity, of my own um, integrity, my trust, that I can look back on that and be like, no, I was, that man tried to mistreat me and I said no. And that is uh, a a source of strength. It's a source of um, confidence and uh, it's also an act of self-love. And that's kind of what I want to help us understand as well is, is that healthy boundaries are a an act of self-love you know um another uh quote i was finding i'll I'll post on the instagram when i get a chance is strong women don't have attitudes they have standards so having standards you know that's it's the standards you have for yourself are critical no one else is going to put up this healthy boundary for yourself to decide what is okay and what is not 
and no one else is going to be able to demonstrate you're worth it in the same way as you can. You need to show up for yourself. You need to decide this is okay, this isn't. So if anything anything comes up, you know, you're dealing with um, a family member and their like jokes are cutting to the bone, you'd be like, yeah, not cool. You know, you're, you're allowed to put up these boundaries. And so what if you get named afterwards? So what if uh, that makes someone else uncomfortable? You know, what, what's the alternative? Because those who are upset about your healthy boundaries are those who are taking advantage of you, right? And if you avoid conflict to keep the peace, you are at war with yourself. So it's these beautiful opportunities to demonstrate to yourself that you're worth it, that you're be- be- that you deserve better than this, and that you can stand up for yourself when you need to. You can. And I actually said in that situation with Steve, not his name, um, you know, after he said that to me, I said, I, I put a, I put my hand out and I was like, here's the line in the sand. You can't call me a bitch to my face. Like that was me. I now know because I now have the concepts for it. This was, I guess this was 2012. So seven years ago, I have the concepts to know that this was my healthy boundary. This is my boundary, dude. No, you can't do this. And if you have an issue with that, that's your issue, right? Um, and uh, I, I guess at the end of the day, I, I want to give support and love and these examples of healthy boundaries so that you can see what they might look like in your life. So let's take a minute now. What would healthy boundaries look like in your life? Are there relationships or connections that you have that make you, I don't know, squirm a little because you know that someone has taken advantage of you a little or isn't, doesn't fully respect you in the way that you, you want and need? Um, And if so, I'm going to encourage you, if you feel safe to do so, um, to gently but strongly bring up that healthy boundary in a conversation. Bring it up in a calm way. It's like, by the way, just to let you know, and you can say it like this, like sometimes, especially in in marriage, this is what I'll say, like, not a big deal. (laughs) Even though sometimes it might feel like a big deal to me, but you're just trying to like, you know, get your information out there while uh, in, in a way that the other person is going to receive it in, 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 a, in an open and positive way, if possible. But of course, if that's not the case and that person, there's nothing you can do. They've made them open and receiving. That is all you can do. And that in that case is even more important for you to have your healthy boundaries. Healthy boundaries can also look like... Um, um, cutting people out of your life. That's for sure. Um, I want to let you know that no response is a response. <laughs> I can think of a couple people in my uh, world right now that um, have, haven't been, haven't treated me the nicest, one in particular, that I've, I've kind of just like, and, and I know there's no winning. Like there's nothing I can do to say. And I put so much thought into this. I've journaled about this. I've talked to friends about this. And with this one person in particular, I know there's no winning. Like if I say that they hurt me when the things they said and did, I'm just going to get a list of excuses and there's going to be lashing out. And so because of that, I'm like, cool, I'm just going to, I'm just going to remove myself um, from this. You go have a happy life. I'm sending you love from where I am. Uh, But this is my healthy boundary that, you know, if you cannot treat me with love and respect, I deserve you cannot be in my life. 
And it's really that simple. You know, and and, you know, saying that out loud for myself right now, I, I got goosebumps, but but it's true. You know, it, it's it's very important to have that um, have that love for yourself and be that boundary maker. Um, I, I had a um, I, I subscribed to this service It's the only service I subscribe to. It's called Serious Joy um, It's a, a astrology, like spiritual life coach guy. And, and, you know, if you know me, I'm not too in, too into the to the male teachers because there's such a oversaturation of male narrative. But Christopher Batecki is a wise, wise person. And I subscribe to his um, uh, Serious Joy service. So it's like five messages a day. And, it you know, it deals with the planets and the moon and your birthday and all these things. Anyway, so yesterday, <laughs> right before I had to, um, you know, challenge my husband on a uh, boundary that um, uh, I, I, he crossed, I didn't like, right before it, this came in, you belong being a boundary maker, ethical authority and protector of the world. Your loyalty to your convictions makes you a strong defender of people's truth. <laughs> so that came in and I was like, well, that's just really funny. Uh, but um, I realized like this isn't it may be a little easier for me than others because of the personality and just upbringing and and all of that but it doesn't mean that it's it's not possible for you to find your way of your healthy boundaries and literally what it comes down to is what is okay and what's not right what behavior is okay with you in your heart what does what does it feel like when when you if you're wondering if a friend's a friend is worth it or a, a sibling's interaction is worth it because you feel you feel worse after meeting with them you know um, maybe there needs to be some healthy boundaries set up there maybe maybe it's a uh, conversation uh, or maybe it's um, the healthy boundary is you know you seeing them less you get to decide what the healthy boundary is no one else and I'm gonna let you in another secret you don't gotta explain it to anyone. You don't have to explain anything to anyone. And sometimes the most revolutionary thing a woman can do is do something and not explain it. <laughs> that being said, sometimes explanations help, you know, especially if it's people in our lives that we want to keep going, want a relationship with, want a healthy relationship with. Um, but don't feel that you need to explain every little thing and every little healthy boundary that you put up. No, girl, that is your boundary to put up that is your integrity that is your safety that is your identity your independence you are making yourself feel better you are ensuring yourself that you uh, are worth it that you are worth feeling good and you are worth not being you know um, put down or not being in a, in a conflicted situation or if it's like a work situation maybe maybe you're sick of all of the extra unpromotable work and you know you need to say to your boss I'm doing this, this, and this. I, uh, I really want to focus on my actual work and expand my professional. It'd be great if we could share uh, these duties with other people, you know? And in reality, I now know that these healthy boundaries, when we set them, particularly when they're hard to set, right? Because those are the real opportunities. Those healthy boundaries, when we set them, are kind of like forks in the road. And it's a fork in the road of kind of like how the rest of your life is going to go. And if you choose to set that healthy boundary, you know, to have that integrity with yourself, that allows you for a better, happier, healthier future than if you just, you know, sat on your hands and were mealy-mouthed about it and decided, oh, I'll just, I'll just complain about this to my girlfriends later or, you know, it's, um, 
it's really a character building building thing. It's a um, in a in a heroine's journey, right? Like if you want to look at your life as a heroine's journey or a myth, or you know, because we can all do that. There's this reality that um, these big decisions for ourselves um, they do matter. They do matter when you show up for yourself. You are showing up for your spirit, for your independence, for your future for your happiness and um you know uh, showing up for yourself and, and and as a woman and and being that strong of course that's not easy in a world that wants us to be meek and mild and in in a life of servitude <laughs> you know but what about you what about your dreams what about your soul's path what about your heart's desires what about how you want to feel what about how you want to be treated these things are all crazy relevant and in- incredibly important uh, to to um, how we teach people how to treat us. So if by putting up those boundaries, you are teaching people how to treat you. By not putting up boundaries, you are teaching people how to treat you. And it's really up to you. And this is where the kind of the responsibility, you know, the uh, responsibility is the word response and ability. So it's the ability to respond. So your ability to respond, your responsibility to yourself is a clear demonstration and illustration of how much you love yourself, you know, um, how you want to be treated and what you're going to put up with. And um, it's, it's, it's crucial uh, in, you know, for any self-respecting woman in this world to lay out those healthy boundaries even if there are uncomfortable consequences likely to happen we cannot live our lives in fear of what might happen if we speak up that is that is not what you're going to be thinking you know on on your deathbed are you (laughs) the number one uh, uh, reason the number one thing that people regret on their deathbed is not living the lives that they wanted to live for fear of other people how they would react right that's a, that's a common um, hospice research done is the number one regret in people's lives is not living the life they wanted to live because they are afraid of how other people would react how foolish how silly of us to waste our lives to, to not be the rudder of our own ship, to not be the captain of that ship, to not be the master of our own destiny because we're afraid of other people. Now, I'm not saying there's not reasons for those fears, likely all kinds of conditioning, maybe trauma, you know, but you are an adult now and you are now differently able to react to when people treat you badly because you have this information. You've got the information from this podcast. You'll have the information of all this trickle in collective consciousness, healthy boundary talk and If nothing else, if you want to listen to this podcast, I am empowering you to take control of your own life and happiness. And one of the best ways you can do that, best, best, best ways you can do that is to set up, maintain healthy boundaries and to not give apologies, to not have to explain, but to know that you are worth it. One of the most shocking findings of my work was the idea that the most compassionate people I have interviewed over the last 13 years were also the absolutely most boundaried. 
because being ba- most boundary. They, so I'll give you a great definition of the, the, the definition of boundary that I use in the book. Boundary is simply what's okay and what's not okay. What I think we do is we don't set boundaries. We let people do things that are not okay or get away with behaviors that are not okay. Then we're just resentful and hateful. Me, I'd rather be loving and generous and very straightforward with what's okay and what's not okay. Um, and I did not, I, that I learned from the research. I was the a- exact opposite. I, I assumed for the first 35 years of my life that people were sucking on purpose just to piss me off. That's what I assumed. Um, that, yeah, right. Whether it was someone who worked for me or it was someone who, family member who was constantly like, I was always critical and judgy. And I was like, why are they choosing these things? Why are they making their choices? They should know better. And then when this thing came up from my therapist, what if people are doing the best they can? I thought my husband had the most beautiful answer to that question. He said, I'll never know whether people are doing the best they can or not. But when I assume people are, it makes my life better. So now I think I am not as sweet as I used to be, but I'm far more loving. It's not just some like technique so that you can do that. That's really like a way of being to like nurture that soil of wholeheartedness. Yeah. Generosity to assume the best about people is almost an inherently selfish act because the life you change first is your own. Yeah. And so it's, so my question is big, B-I-G. What boundaries need to be in place for me to stay in my integrity and make the most generous assumptions about you? But generosity can't exist without boundaries. And we are not comfortable setting boundaries because we care more about what people will think and we don't want to disappoint anyone. We want everyone to like us. And boundaries are not easy. Um, but I think they're the key to self-love and I think they're the key to treating others with loving kindness. Sustaining. Sustaining. You can't, nothing is sustainable without boundaries. That was Brene Brown, Dr. Brene Brown, talking about her research. Um, I love the way that she talks about these things and fleshes them out. Highly recommend checking her out. And now for longtime listeners of the show, you know that we end with a theme song that kind of tries to encapsulate the message, the topic, the conversation of the podcast. And this has been a, this is a tough one to come up with, uh, but I'm got I'm really really happy with the, what we have. It is "Unapologetic Bitch" by Madonna. And who else is going to teach us about healthy boundaries but Madonna? And to tell you the truth, this was I, I looked really hard to find a song about healthy boundaries and. What a surprise that there were hardly any. I mean, by hardly any, I mean there was none. <laughs> there was, you know, all kinds of really songs about getting out of uh, bad relationships or, um, you know, uh, all kinds of songs about relationships, but nothing I could. And, and if you have one, please send it to me. But uh, I wanted a, a, a song that had a message of like, you know, I am putting these boundaries up and that is it. And, you know, if you want to cry about it, cry about it. And I think this song... Um, 
uh, it certainly does embody that kind of, you know, I'm an unapologetic bitch, you know, and it's like, you know, uh, no, I'm not putting up with your bull anymore. I'm not putting, I'm putting my healthy boundaries up and I might seem like an unapologetic bitch. Um, Whatever. So what? Um, moving forward, and, and I think that this is a really healthy, it's a fun song. It's not a song that I was actually familiar with uh, from uh, Madonna, but I think that you will like it. Uh, you can turn it up um, and, and, and just do a little dance, a little wiggle to it and embody all of the power that Madonna helps us see to, because why don't you deserve healthy boundaries? Of course you do. So let Madonna help you be an unapologetic bitch. You go, girl. You got this. You are worth it. Take it away, Madonna. Wasn't satisfied When the gun was loaded You were never on my side I'm popping bottles That you can't even afford I'm throwing parties And you won't get in the door Say it, get it, love it, hate it I don't care no more Tell me how it feels to be ignored You might sound like I'm an unapologetic bitch But sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is It might sound like I'm an unapologetic bitch But sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is You know you never really know how much you love me till you lost me, did you? You know you never really know how much your selfish bullshit cost me. Well, fuck you, might sound like I'm a. It might sound like I'm a. Sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is It might sound like I'm an unapologetic bitch But sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is It might sound like I'm an unapologetic bitch But sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is 
pathetic bitch But sometimes you know I gotta call it like it is You know you never 